0: Welcome to the Kuppinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinhardt. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kuppinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is Graham Williamson, and this again is a long distance podcast episode because Graham is based in Brisbane, Australia. He is the director of the Kuppinger Coal branch headquartered in Singapore. He's an analyst in the areas of identity as a service. Dynamic Authorization Control and Privacy. And this leads us close to our today's topic. Hi, Graham.
1: Hi, Mitas. How are you?
0: I'm fine. Great to have you here again. And last week, uh, I talked with Martin Kuppinger about policies as a common language for defining access rights and for controlling access. And uh, today, we are going to Dive deeper into that topic. We want to talk about policy-based access controls so or the technical aspect of that. Looking forward to hearing more about that. First of all, maybe Graham, if we start out with a with a short definition, what is PBAC?
1: Yes, it's um, a, a technology whose time has come. I like to define it as fine grained business logic, which determines access control to protected resources at runtime. Now, I know that's quite a mouthful, but <laughs> right. the important points are, number one is fine-grained. So we're able, with a policy-based access control, to actually use a variety of attributes, including context variables, so, it gives us a very fine grained um, access control, is based on business logic. So, rather than many role based access systems uh, left up to the IT department to do, uh, with policy based access controls, it is the business departments, the line of businesses that determine what the logic should be. And then the runtime is an important aspect of it. So these access control requests are evaluated in a real time. So as the user tries to connect to a resource, that's when the authentication occurs and the uh, policy logic is evaluated.
0: Right. So from what we talked about last week and um, what you just mentioned, I think that really is making this kind of access control of this authorization management much more agile, much closer to between, between the definition point of a policy and the actual evaluation. So if you can really change also policies and the behavior of the authorization system more or less at runtime, is that true? Well, uh,
1: yes, agile is a very good adjective because it allows it's, well, it what it suggests to us that we can make changes to those policies as uh business requirements change and those policies will evaluate attributes as they change. So you're quite right. It gives us a very agile environment.
0: Right, so you have this required time to value for a digital services so you can really adapt uh, the authorization management to changing requirements but also to new requirements it's not this defining a role implementing it assigning a role and then waiting for it to be active the first time say next week so it's really something that is more yeah more agile yes Right. I think, yeah, the the many aspects that you just mentioned, also evaluating context data and uh, context attributes is really something that gains more and more importance, especially when we look at uh, the changing threat landscape over time. I understand that you did quite some research in that area of policy-based access control and that we just recently uh, published a market compass around that market area. Um, What are the main results that you would like to point out here? Okay,
1: you're quite correct. We've just released the Market Compass for the Dynamic Access Management Environment 2020, and we evaluated nine uh, different products uh, in that document. And a couple of the things that I found exceedingly interesting is, number one, uh, the drivers, the main drivers for Uh, moving into a policy-based access control environment. The biggie is you have common policy deployment across the enterprise. So that means that you don't have these individual pockets of system administrators deciding who will access a system and under what circumstances. You have an overarching policy that the corporation puts in place uh, that is going to uh, make sure that there's consistency across the organization. And that significantly improves the GRC of the environment, that's the governance, risk, and compliance. Uh, we can do governance a lot better because we now have a policy that's governing how that access happens. We can do compliance a lot better because a feedback system will be able to actually identify access that various people have so although you know a standard system will say this user has access to this application a PBAC system allows you to say this application is accessible by these users and so that that improves the compliance capability we have and of course then that reduces risk so consistency through a common policy environment is one of the main drivers another is the ability to accommodate a a diverse access control requirement. So whereas in a standard role-based system, you've got a static environment that uh, is put in place to manage entitlements, in a policy-based system, you can now incorporate these other attributes. We talked about, for instance, a context variable. If we don't want the finance system to be accessed in the evening, like if it's restricted just to daylight hours or uh, business to hours, uh, we can do that quite easily with a policy-based system. So it gives us a much more diverse environment. And the last important driver is the fact that you've got real-time evaluation. So as a variable changes, if somebody moves from one department to another department, the next time they try to access the system, the policy will realize that this person now is in another department and will apply the policy based on the new attribute. So it's a very real-time environment that we're dealing with here. So those were the main drivers we came up with. I would like to also talk about the trends because as you mentioned, uh, within Cole, there's a greater realization that this agility, this ability to have a policy-based environment is becoming more important as market trends change. So for instance, one of the main trends today is the migration to cloud. Well, if you've got a cloud environment, That can be extremely complex, and to accommodate that within a role-based system can be quite difficult. I remember I did a job once for a large uh, university here in Australia, and they had eight synchronizations happening every night of their identity data to SaaS applications out on the internet. Now, that's a horrendous uh, vulnerability. Um, If you're if you're doing that sort of thing with a policy based system, we can centralize our policies, we can have that SaaS application access our policy based authentication system when an access is requested, or we can distribute the decision point for our policies to those SaaS applications Um, and those decision points then are synchronized and we're applying a common set of policies across our enterprise. Um, Containerization is an important part of any cloud environment, and again, a policy system enables us to um, make sure that those containers are accessing a common decision point uh, when an access request is made multi-factor authentication. It's here to stay. Users uh, accommodate that now. They expect it even when they are accessing cloud-based systems. And again, a policy-based system makes that significantly easier to deploy. And lastly, I'd just like to mention artificial intelligence. That's another area where a policy-based system can very much assist in AI that's happening within the organization for a variety of things it could be for logons it could be for governance uh, reports it could be whatever the fact that you've got a policy based system there uh, the artificial intelligence system can use that information to to come up with the responses that are required within that AI system so if we look at all of these market trends the policy based access control system uh, really is coming to the fore now. And I don't mind telling you that during the development of the Dynamic Authorization Management Market Compass document that's recently been released, the market trend graph actually changed. And although we had recognized that policy-based access control is a mature environment, the trend graph now shows it actually increasing significantly over the next couple of years, simply because of the, the market trends that we are we observing at the present time. So it's a very exciting time to be looking at policy-based access control systems.
0: Right, and dynamic authorization management as a concept is around for quite a while, but it, it did not evolve as quickly as one could have expected, and that was maybe also based on the fact that traditional applications, traditional on-premises applications were not really willing to play nicely with such an (laughs) externalized dynamic authorization management, which then moves the decision outside of the actual system. And if I understand it correctly, from from what you just described from the market trend side, modern cloud-based, SaaS-based applications are much more likely to integrate nicely with such an infrastructure.
1: Yes, yes, you're quite right. And I like that. There hasn't been, they haven't played nicely in the past. And and to, I mean, there's multiple reasons for that. Uh, to a degree, uh, you know, everybody felt very happy with role based approach, with AD groups, with the various technologies that are tried and true. And it takes a while for people to break out of that mold and take the blinkers off and start looking at um, other options. And that's happening now simply because of these marketing trends.
0: Right. And uh, as an analyst, I see um, role projects go horrendously wrong because role explosion and management processes and and role governance is really an an issue here. And On the other hand, as you described it already, we see the efficiency and the agility of such a policy dynamic authorization management um, very clearly. Uh, when it comes to the real life, uh, does this business efficiency really play out in real life environments? Do you have examples where this actually um, really proves to be the more mature, the more efficient, the more agile approach?
1: Absolutely. There's many, many use cases that have, have clearly demonstrated uh, that. One I was particularly involved in was insurance company, and as you know, Uh, insurance companies uh, deal with multiple insurance organizations that put policies in place for them. So the main company will put a policy together, but then it is sold to clients through a variety of insurance brokers. Now, in a RBAC system, if you establish access control to an insurance application like that somebody's got to manage the entitlements so you've got to know that uh, john smith is working for abc insurance company and should therefore get access to the clients for abc insurance company now if john smith happens to uh, move to another insurance broker then Uh, the access needs to be changed, which means, number one, somebody's got to tell the insurance company that's happened. Number two, somebody within the insurance company has got to go make that change to uh, make sure they now have uh, the uh, new entitlements. And more importantly, they've revoked the old entitlements because it's very important that you don't allow somebody from one company to see the the customers from another company. That's a basic requirement. Uh, With a policy-based system, that now happens in the background because all of a sudden, John Smith is now working for XYZ, a broker, and the policy says tilt, can't access that client, and will now give uh, John access to the clients from XYZ insurance broker. So it it happens automatically (laughs) and uh, in the background, and the policy-based system significantly improves the efficiency of that operation and reduces its cost.
0: From your experience, the, um, the, the changing role of the business so that they are in the driver's seat when it comes to defining these policies, is this well accepted and does this work out? Is this really a benefit also for the business?
1: Good point. Yeah, there is an effort that must be put into developing the policies. And that will typically require a model uh, that looks at the, the applications, the corporate applications, and identifies who needs access to them. And the line of business now, the actual business people need to determine that. So the process is to say, well, what are the policies, which line of businesses manage the applications, then what compliance is needed. And this is particularly important for uh, organizations that have a a big regulatory environment. Um, Ensuring that they're applied is important. And then the top level is usually the HR department is, is heavily involved in this. And the CIO level, we're raising the level of involvement within the company to higher management who will say, yes, this is the policy that we need to apply across the, the organization. So it raises the importance of access control within the organization. And that is good because it makes sure that upper management is aware of those policies. That that whole process takes some time, obviously, and takes some effort, but the outcome is significant for the organisation in that they better understand their business and they better understand the approaches that they need to apply for for the compliance that they're responsible for, and it just raises the whole profile of access control within the organisation.
0: Exactly, we we at KupingaCorp we really endorse the thinking. With, of, of IAM systems um, with the concept of the identity fabric. And as you just said, more mature organizations um, that are trying to to ramp up their IAM that, to make it more future-proof, to make it more ready for the digital business of the 2020s and beyond. At that point, we are really recommending to consider thinking within policies for defining access and for implementing that increasingly using dynamic authorization management tools as part of an overarching identity fabric as an as an architecture and infrastructure for that. And that really plays well together. It is a, a shift in thinking of um, assigning access, of defining access, but getting away from large, complex role concepts, I think is really also a good thing to do and moving to more yeah, agile, more faster and, and more efficient decision-making processes within the applications. It's really the way to move forward. You've mentioned the market compass already. So of course we would recommend our uh, audience to go to the Kupinger Kohl website and have a look at the market compass. Is there any other research, any other information around that you provide that Kupinger Kohl provides in the area of dynamic authorization management?
1: Yes, there's some uh, really uh, interesting webinars um, right now. One is on the site uh, that's called uh, Seamless Connectivity, Why You Need It and How to Get It Right. So that's in the uh, webinar uh, section of the website. And there's another one coming up that's also addressing this whole concept of policy-based access control. So yes, a lot of interest on the website right now, particularly within uh, within the webinars that we're
0: we're putting out. Right, great. So to sum it up, this. Policy-based dynamic authorization management is really a new approach, at least when it comes to the market trends and the reality out there when we are implementing systems within IAM. It's really something to have a look at and to learn more about if there is interest in that. So for the audience, please head over to cuppingacole.com, find the Market Compass, just register for the webinars. They're free to have a look at afterwards. For the time being, thank you very much graham for being my guest today and for telling us about your recent research around this area of policy-based access control any final words you want to add
1: just that um, policy-based access control is a technology whose time has come and we recommend um, everybody takes a serious look at it uh, to see how it might fit their environment.
0: Right. And we have a mature market there. So there is quite a variety of products and vendors to choose from. And I think the market compass is the right starting point there. So thanks again, um, Graham, for being my guest today. I'm looking forward to having another episode together with you uh, around the globe um, very soon. Thanks again.
1: Sounds good. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.